Good evening. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 Dean Radio. I'm your host, Adam Wright, along with Justin Tucker, our co-host. So now we're going to get into our uh, second week of player rankings. We're going to go with uh, the top 10 running backs going into the 2021 season. We're going to get to that fairly soon. Uh, but as always, we're going to get go into our um, our current news around the NFL. So a couple things happening. Uh, Nikhil Harry wants out of New England. Uh, he's requested a trade formally. Um, so that's news. Aaron Rodgers, uh, during after a golf match uh, for TNT on uh, TNT, uh, o- along with against Tom Brady, he kind of sidestepped questions about whether or not he'll play for the Packers this season, saying, I don't know, we'll see. Uh, First-round picks, Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, uh, they were both signed to rookie deals. Uh, Now, Justin, I understand you have some thoughts on Nikhil Harry uh, requesting a trade. Uh, What do you have on this? I was actually kind of fascinated, like of all people in New England to formally request a trade, him request a trade. I mean, I understand he hasn't been like productive in New England. I understand that there are certain variables that might explain some things, but he should not be talking the way he is or the way his agent is talking about it. When I saw this, I immediately thought of you and thought, oh, all right, let me see what Adam thinks. And not only did I show it to him, he liked it and said bye. So I guess that's how real New England fans feel about it. So I was like, hmm, I guess there's more room for the wide receivers now to get more opportunities. Now, I'll tell you with uh, with Nikhil Harry. I mean, I, I had some high hopes for him coming out of the draft out after the 2018 draft, I believe, when he was drafted. Mm-hmm. And he just he just over the past few seasons, he just turned out to be a complete bust. And now I really wi- I really wish he played better than he did. But I mean, his his agent when he requested a trade, and this is a real quote. He said, uh, his agent said. There are, I feel there's greener pastures somewhere else if he were to get a green, if, if he were to get a fresh start. Now, let me, let me just ask, based off what you've seen from Nikhil Harry, what greener pastures are there? What, what, what opportunity, based on what you've seen from this player, what opportunity could you possibly see where he ends up playing better? He he could not he couldn't gain separation. He had the he had the case of the drops. He had the case of the fumbles. I, where, where the Canadian Football League? The best the best chance he's going to get the best chance he's going to get is maybe a maybe he'll be a, a punt returner somewhere, or maybe he'll or maybe he'll be a nice uh, special special teams player somewhere else. But. A greener passage. Do, do we think that he's going to become the uh, the player that he was in college, where he was actually a very dominant wide receiver for what was it, Arizona State? Yes. So you you think so you think oh. there is? No, that's the that's the college he went uh, to. Yeah. So 
I I just don't see he's he's just a bust and I hate to say it, it I really had high hopes for this guy but he, it's over now oh. like this guy this guy it's either you stick it out in New England and you try to find try to carve out a role or you wind up being uh being waiver fodder going uh going in um in fantasy football terms you you become waiver wire fodder and you wind up being some practice squad player somewhere on on some bum team. That's what this is gonna be, and like you really you you're gonna have to stick it out here and try to carve out some sort of a role because he's not going he just he's not done enough so that he could actually find if he try if he gets released if he gets traded he's going to be he's gonna become a journeyman he's going to become this bottom of the roster player if that maybe he'll be he'll probably be a practice squad player just bouncing around back and forth. And he'll never carve out a role anywhere. He's gonna figure it. He's gonna have to figure it out here somehow, and find a way to find a way to get some sort of um, find a way to show teams that you he has some sort of value in this league because he really he's shown he's just a complete stiff. I every time I think about yeah. this this New England Patriots offense, any time I think about this New England Patriots offense. It turns it like I don't like Nikhil Harry's an afterthought. I go, oh yeah, he's still on the team. I'm thinking of Nelson Aguilar. I'm thinking of Ke- I'm thinking of Kendrick Bourne. I'm thinking I'm even thinking of Ke- I'm thinking of Jacoby Myers. Hell, I'm even thinking of uh, what's his name? Uh, who, who, Gunner Gunnar Ocheski. I'm thinking of that guy okay. over Nikhil Harry. Okay. <laughs> I don't think of I, I don't think of Nikhil Harry in this offense. I think of our two tight ends that we got in the out of the uh, free agency, where we got Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. Mm-hmm. I think of our wide res- our our running back core that's gotten very that is ve- has been very deep over the years. I don't think of Nikhil Harry anymore. He's just he's a bust, and <laughs> there and if he's going. To, if I'm Nikhil Harry, you you have to find a way to figure it out here, because I don't think there's any other. There, it's gonna be the same. It, it's gonna be the same issue, somewhere, anywhere else. He's got to find a way to make it work in the NFL. If it's not working in New England, I wouldn't just try to like, what is it, a square peg in a round hole. I, if it's not working in New England, I wouldn't suffice it to say maybe finding another place to go would be the best thing for him. He's not getting the opportunities he may need in New England. And to be honest, he's, I'm not sure where he's going to get it, but it's probably something he needs to do right now. He hasn't panned out the way New England Patriots fans would have wanted. He's not that thousand-yard receiver guy that we New England fans hope for, but hopefully down the line he could develop into an, a wide receiver number two for another team. So you think you think he could be a wide receiver number two? Yeah, he's not a he's not a number one. I think he, if he worked hard enough, he could be a solid number two. See, I see him as a special teams player at best. Yes. Maybe a maybe a kick returner, or uh, mm-hmm. or let's say, I mean, any he could make tackles <laughs> on special teams. He's a big guy. He's so disrespectful. I just, I just don't see it anymore. He doesn't really have any speed either. He's just kind of been that guy who's just big and he just gra- goes up and grabs jump balls. And he he hasn't even been able to do that all that well. 
a lot of the time a lot of times he drops it. So it, he doesn't create much separation and he just he doesn't he drops the ball sometimes and he all and he's also been fumbling it a little bit. He's made he's made key mistakes in, at key moments time and time again and that's a huge problem in the NFL. In the NFL when you're coming out of the draft, people want immediate success. Teams want immediate some success from you. And at least like three like three years three years pushes it. You know, you you expect like from one to two. And Nikhil Harry, he's he's going on to year three. Yeah. And he's he's shown real he's shown very few signs that he could be a productive player anywhere in the NFL. You're right. Uh, the only teams I the only team I know that practices patience when it comes to like draft picks is the Green Bay Packers and quarterbacks because they did it with Aaron Rodgers and they're now doing it with Jordan Love. They do, they do. Um, they, but they they did get some more immediate success out of Brett Favre, and they got some. They, did, they, they didn't draft Brett Favre. They didn't draft him. They traded for him, and then he he started right away and he played very well. Yeah. And this Aaron, yeah, you have a good point. They, um, Aaron Rodgers, they were very. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if it was more so just a developmental thing with Aaron Rodgers. I think it was more so that they had a Hall of Fame quarterback starting, so they were just looking, they were trying to solve a little contra- quarterback controversy going on there. Mm-hmm. And Brett Favre stayed on the team for a few years before he left for, I believe it was New York first. Yep. And then Aaron Rodgers started, and he's been the starting quarterback ever since. Um, anyways, but yeah, it, it, besides besides maybe the Green Bay Packers, you don't see it. Just teams want immediate success. Immediate. And it's kind of the nature of the sport. Sort of careers are shorter. Um, there's, there's fewer games in the season. Um, so you just need, like you want, teams want something, they want it now. Um, and Nikhil Harry, uh, this guy has not come anywhere close to expectations for the NFL. I just think this guy's a bust. Maybe he could carve out some sort of a role somewhere else. But I, mm-hmm. this guy, if as far as being that first-round pick selected by the New England Patriots, he's not going to live up to that hype. He just won't. I, I hope I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I sure hope I'm wrong. But it's – I. I highly doubt it'll happen. To wrap this up in a nice, neat little bow, you guys passed on Terry McLaurin and DK Metcalf for Nikhil Harry. You forgot AJ Brown, but yeah. Yep. yep. AJ Brown. AJ Brown too. And they were apparently they were they were about to draft that team was about to draft Debo Samuel, and they and were looking at AJ team. Brown very heavily too. And they then uh, Bill Belichick vetoed all of that. He ignored all of the scouts. He ignored all of management, and he decided he decides I'm going to draft Nikhil Harry because they he had one in, he had one interview with him. He had one meeting with him that he was blown away with, and that's turned out to uh, that's come back to haunt him ever since because all those all of the players who we just mentioned those are all players who are doing very well in the NFL. 
Yeah. Even Debo Samuel, that guy was, that guy. If he had a better role, if he if he had a role in New England, rather than the 49ers, he he could put up not wide receiver one type numbers. He's more of a wide receiver two type of guy right now, because of the system he's playing in, and he also he's also playing behind a couple of players, uh, such as Ayuk. Uh, uh, what's his, what's his name? Emmanuel Sanders. Before that, there was also George Kittle at the tight end, who's one of the best tight ends in the league, as we established last year. Our, our, both of our number two uh, court, uh, tight ends in the in the entire NFL. But anyways, that that's another. That's just something. Um, yeah, you guys could have used Debo Samuel in the same way you guys tried to use Nikhil Harry on sweeps and stuff. The way he they fits their scheme too. Yeah, he would have been just fine, but I guess, I guess not. Maybe if they did it, Tom Brady'd still be on the team. No, but that's none of my business anymore. Anyways, um, moving on from all the uh, current news. So uh, again, to reiterate, um, stuff that's been going on around the league. Nikhil Harry, he has requested a trade from New England. Uh, he wants to go into a better situation that uh, for him. They they think that a change of scenery would really help help him. Uh, I I call BS on that. Justin yeah. th- Justin thinks that might be a, a good idea. Um, Aaron Rodgers uh, during uh, after his golf match in an interview, he kind of sidestepped some questions on whether or not he'll be playing for the Packers this season, saying, "I don't know. We'll see." Uh, so that adds on to a lot of the drama going on this offseason with Aaron Rodgers and some of the some of the drama that's going on with a lot of quarterbacks. If we remember uh, earlier this offseason, there was Deshaun Watson earlier on, and he was probably about to get traded before a lot of these allegations came out. Uh, I'm not we're not going to comment on those. We don't know anything about it yet. Um or if he'll even be on the team, but that's an interesting situation to monitor. Uh, there's been, there were some tensions with there were some tensions with Russell Wilson going around. So there there was some th- th- this all just piles up. There's been a lot of a lot of quarterback drama this offseason. It's been really interesting. Uh, first round picks Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones they were signed to rookie deals. Uh, those are very two very highly touted prospects. Trevor Lawrence with some high expectations. He got a big contract. I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting how much it was. Justin, uh, do you do you, know, you remember the uh, the specific contract that he was given? Was it four years, thirty six million, or somewhere around that ballpark? It was something like that. Something really high. Um, not to say that he doesn't doesn't deserve it. To tell you the truth. Um, with the expectations that he has, we'll see how this goes. Um, but I, I like what the I like what the Jaguars are doing surrounding him. I don't. Um, I, I think it's a I think it's a start for a for a quarterback. You don't. Why would they draft Travis Etienne when they have James Robinson on the roster? That still like befuddles me. I don't, that part doesn't that do, part doesn't make much sense to me either. But at least they're putting some pieces around on offense, and they're giving giving him a little bit of a run game, so it's not all um, it's not all pressure on Trevor Lawrence. 
Yeah, that's uh, you know what you know, I hear I I hear in Justin as a um I mean you play in college a little bit. Yeah. Um what I hear um a lot about a rookie quarterback is a running back what a running back can become a, a young quarter young inexperienced quarterback's best friend. Um yeah. somebody who takes the pressure off Lawrence, somebody who can set the tone, set a sort of a one-dimensional, uh, sorry, uh, a two-dimensional offense where uh, where the quarterback can actually flourish, and he may not can actually he can he can be better set up for success. Uh, they also put in some some uh, they put in some some help on defense, uh, some wide a couple wide receivers, um, so that's interesting. Yeah, I understand all that. My issue is they helped the defense, sure. They got players that they needed to, like Shaquille Griffin. I believe he'll be a big help to the secondary. I understand the things on the offense. I like their – I kind of do like their wide receiver core. My thing is if you're telling me that he needed a running back to, like, take the pressure off of him, he already had that in James Robinson. He was that offense for most of 2020. So if you were going to do that, I don't see like the added benefit of drafting like another running back in the first round when there was more running backs in the second or third or fourth or fifth round that they could have took. To me, that was just a waste of like a capital, like a waste of a first round pick. And I like Travis Etienne. I just don't like him at 25th to the Jaguars. I think he's a first round talent. I just don't think the running back position is valued as that anymore based upon the contracts and the number of years they're given. And also, in the second round, you could second and third rounds, you could see people like Alvin Kamara have great careers. So it's not like I don't value him as a first round back. It's just I didn't understand it, especially since they already have an undrafted running back in James Robinson, who is a thousand yard rusher. I just didn't get it. Okay, so who who do you who would you rather they have drafted with that pick? Would you rather they have addressed defense? Would you rather they have tried to look for a wide receiver out there? The best player available in the draft at the time for me was the Notre Dame linebacker, Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa. My thing is they already have Miles Jack, so I'm like, all right, he can fill the Tevin, Telvin Smith position when Telvin Smith retired. And, you know, because Telvin Smith retired and, he could be a big part of that defense. I think he could have helped them become a better defense, and he could have won Defensive Rookie of the Year or whatever. I think that could have been a major re- major upgrade for them. I didn't necessarily see running back. If they were worried about Cam Robinson and whether or not he'll leave, they could have just drafted Tevin Jenkins and filled him at left, t- at left tackle and be fine there. There were a number of things they could have done. If they were still shaky at corner, they could have drafted Greg Newsome. They, there's a lot of things they could have done, but they just chose to go running back to like give, I guess, a more of a feel like, all right, I feel more comfortable in this offense because I have a running back that I know and understand and we understand each other and have a feeling of chemistry. That's fine and all, but this ain't college. Yeah. It, lo- it looks like they're trying to do some sort of a run first offense, but I, I, I tend to agree a little bit. Um, all I'm saying is that they're trying. It, it's clear that they're trying to. They're making some sort of an effort to uh, set 
set up Trevor Lawrence for success. That's all I'm trying to say. Um, yeah. it, it may not make, make too much sense, but it's, at least it's a move on the offensive side of the ball, a gesture toward, towards Trevor Lawrence. A run-first offense is very good to uh, get Trevor Lawrence started in his NFL career. Uh, a guy who's, been, who's a highly touted prospect, by the way, um, who's been, who has been, had high expectations since his freshman year in college, uh, back in, back in the bowl, uh, back during the bowl game where he tore up the Alabama, that Alabama defense. So high expectations from him. Uh, anyways, we can, we're going to get started on our run on our player rankings. We're going to go into running backs this episode. So as usual, 10 through six, five through one, split it up into two segments. Uh, stay tuned. You're listening to the Fumbleruski podcast. Okay, so top 10 running backs in the NFL. Uh, we're going to start with our bottom five. So that is 10 through six. Uh, Justin, so do you want to get, get us started here with our top 10 running backs headed into the 2021 season? Yeah, before I get started, I would like to point out running backs is a very hard list to do because there's so many good running backs and depending on how you value running backs, you know, this might be extremely different from the next person's. I don't know what Adam's list is, but I think we have similar like spots for running backs. So I don't think it's going to be all too shocking unless he gives me a pick that I just didn't see coming. So I think this might be an interesting one. But for my number 10 spot, I got Josh Jacobs. Okay, that's an interesting one. He's a solid one. I think he had a down year considering his rookie year last year. Still a thousand yard rusher, still put up double digit touchdowns. I just think he just didn't perform to the level he was supposed to. And I think over time you started to see it. I think he was dealing with injuries for a part of the season and overall I think that slowed him down. Didn't have a bad year. I mean he's still a thousand yard rusher, but I think he'll stay at ten because of the addition of Kenyon Drake. I think the addition of Kenyon Drake doesn't necessarily help him as far as like receptions and like rushing yard or rushing attempts, but I think it helps him like stays healthy and helps the Raiders in the long term. So I I liked jo- I liked Josh Jacobs last year. Um going well going into last year of course. But mm-hmm. the issue with jo- with Josh Jacobs is they brought in Kenyon Drake, yeah, as well, Handcuffs. and that doesn't that kind of worries me as, as for their uh, their faith in Josh Jacobs because going into this past off season or going into the last season, every that organization wanted him to be the bell cow. They expected him to be that top running back, that guy who could just be a workhorse and just. Um, just put up numbers and just be the Dalvin Cook, the Christian McCaffrey of the world. And it turns out that he was a major disappointment uh, for him to be for him to get such a big workload and to not be able to um, deliver on that. So he's out of my he's actually outside of my top ten. I don't have him in there. But what I do have is Jonathan Taylor, another guy who did have who did start off. Who did start off the season with some turbulence, I'll grant you. But as the season went on, he started to settle in and he started to 
he started to show some st- to uh, make some strides in development. This is a guy who is working behind one of the best uh, one of the best offensive lines in the game. Mm-hmm. They're they're in a very good um, they're in a very good system with a great with a very good offense. Just all around great mm-hmm. team surrounding him. Um, and a player where when he gets his opportunities, he plays he plays well when he's on it when he has his head screwed on straight. I have I uh, this this team now has a better quarterback, um, and I have Jonathan Taylor being a much being uh, showing more development and uh, becoming one of the better running backs in the league this year. He's my number ten guy. Are you gonna pick him up in fantasy? Right? Is that what you're gonna do? I'm thinking about it. I like him. I think. Well, there's a reason I have him at number ten and not top five. I mean, once you get when you're at the when you're at the bottom five, I mean, you could make a you can make a case for anybody. Yeah. But I, I like Jonathan Taylor. I think this is a guy who is in a good situation, and I think things are only going to get better for him. He's in the back. Marlon Mack is coming back. Yeah, but I like I like. There's a reason why they took this guy early. I'm fine. I'm fine with him. I think he'll have like around 800 to 1,000. But Marlon Mack's coming back, and then Naheem Hines is still in the backfield. So it's not like they're like not going to go into a committee. I think they can afford to do that because they have one of the best lines in the NFL. That's they why could, he didn't make my list. They could have other guys running for him, but I. But I think Jonathan Taylor is going to be the lead guy. He's going to be running the show. You think he's going to be like and, Mozart of Indianapolis? What's that? I, I don't. I just don't see it being a committee. I think so. I think one guy is going to rise up above the rest, and he and it's that guy is going to be Jonathan Taylor. There's a reason why they took him so early. They leaned on him heavily towards the end of the season, and they won games because of that. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say I'm going to go out on a limb and say Jonathan Taylor is going to uh, he won't uh, these other guys won't be an issue for him. I mean Marlon Mack Marlon Mack hasn't been in the in the running back picture in a long time and there's no telling that he's going to be the same player. I mean what it, did, he had a torn ACL correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean that having injuries for running backs there's a reason why running backs don't last. Injuries to running backs are devastating. Especially like that. And there's no guarantee that he's going to be the best. Uh, Naheem Hines is more of a pass-catching guy. I just think Jonathan Taylor is more of the all-around guy. Yeah. I hope so. I hope so for Indianapolis' sake and Carson Wentz' sake. All right, but give me your number nine. My number nine guy? Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott. Okay, that's yeah. a little low. Let's. I can't put higher. Like I like I don't think he's top five now, and it's arguable who like he makes the top ten. He came off a bad season, and I I can excuse his bad season based upon the fact he didn't have Dak for most of it. So it's not like his quarterback position was taking the pressure off of him in any way, shape, or form. But he had a bad season. I mean, he had way too many fumbles for my liking. It was, you saw the game against – I'm not sure if you saw the game against Arizona. He fumbled way too many times for my liking. 
See, Ezekiel Elliott's a guy who you could you could tell that it was more more so the situation rather than the player himself. And maybe he got, maybe towards the end of the season he did get uh, in his head a little bit, but. You could see in the early going of that season when Dak was there, and even like in the game, a couple games after, he was, he was always, I mean, he looked like himself, and he was just, it was just business as usual. You know, a lot of a lot of running backs can suffer when the box is being stacked against you, and the offense is just. A drag. I mean, did you see the guys who they were who they were rolling out there? Even, you know, e- even and, Andy Dalton got hurt. Yeah. So they they were rolling out these guys who don't even know how to play quarterback, who aren't real NFL quarterbacks, and they and we we really can't expect results from him when that happens. I understand. You know, and Dak Prescott's coming back. They have all these weapons on offense still. With uh, that three-headed monster at wide receiver, yeah, that's a good and monster. Hopefully that de- hopefully that offensive line gets better. But I I see Ezekiel Elliott be- doing a little better next year. But I I understand why he's low. I have him low too, so. just not that low. I, my, so. I looked at him like uh, I yep. looked at him and was like, is Tony Pollard better than Ezekiel Elliott at some parts during the season? And he was. Right, there was a little bit of a mental aspect, but I mean, if you if you look at it, you know, Tony Pollard is playing for his life, playing for his football life. Aaron Ezekiel Elliott's always been a top pick, so like you know, when you and right out of the gates in his NFL career, he he was a playoff, he was a, they were a playoff team, so you know yeah. he expect he expects more. There's more of a mental aspect to it, um, when it comes to this past season, you know, Tony Pollard's kind of a. a He's kind of always been a sidecar, some one one player who's always behind somebody else. And I just think Ezekiel Elliott's the type of guy who's just, you know, he, he kind of got in his into inside of his own head a little bit. He lost his quarterback, and he's a he's a star player who expects. I I don't know. I have him a little. I have him a little higher. But That's anyways. Cool. Number nine, Antonio Gibson, is my number nine guy. Um, Antonio Gibson was a player who, um, who people, who people from fantasy football, a lot of people saw as the sleeper guy, and boy did he deliver. He had over a thousand yards. He showed plenty of ability in the receiving game, mm-hmm. and he really helped out that Washington football team offense. Uh, this is a, this is a guy who is going to who was great last year and is going to get better and is going to is going to um, lead that ba- that Washington football team backfield. I have Antonio Gibson at number nine. I respect that. I I really respect that because I picked him up last year because I thought he was going to be asleep. And I remember everybody saying, "What are you doing, Justin? Why are you picking up?" A- Picking him up, he's going to Washington. I'm like, he's. I believe he'll be good for that team. Surprise, surprise, I was right. He had double-digit touchdowns, and that's all she wrote. And I'll never forget Brian getting mad at me for not using him on Thanksgiving Day because he had 36 points on Thanksgiving Day. I'm like, okay. He never made your starting lineup, did he? He made it a couple of times. I'm like, see, he's he can give me double-digit points, but I'm like, my running back core was just too good. 
I couldn't keep him in all the time. That's why you gotta trade him and get some get something you need at that position. I mean, running back was really scarce this past, but we're we're getting off topic with this fantasy football crap. But give me your number eight guy. A number eight guy, Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley. Okay. Yeah. I think he'll be a sleeper, but he's coming off injury. He's coming, so I'm not sure if he'll be completely 100%. So I think he'll be hesitant at times, but overall I think he'll still be a major part of the offense because, as a matter of fact, he may not be a, a major part, but I will still think he'll have a big part of the offense because now that he has weapons around him, he won't have to face against eight or nine people on the box. And if he has space, oh, my God, he is electrifying in space. So – that's why I have a number eight, just coming off an injury. See, he's a player who, even when he was healthy in years, he just didn't perform right since his rookie year. And I, I'm sure a lot of that has to be the fact that they're misusing them. The the idea that they're mis- misusing him, the team is misusing him. Um, but you add that on kind of like – in a in the back of his head that he was underutilized even when he was playing well. You add the injury to it, and you wonder if that's going to affect his career um, for the rest of his playing career. You know, if I, I would just wonder if I have him outside my top ten. I, I'm, star, I'm kind of starting to write him off, and I feel like part of it's not really his fault, but I just, I'm a little worried about him. I, it just feels like the clock is kind of ticking on him. He's been in the league for a few years. This is, it's around these next couple of years where running backs start to decline a little bit. They usually last only a few seasons. And he was drafted back, when, when was it, like 2017? 2018. 2018. So it's been, it's been three years. So he probably ha- only has a couple of years where he's in prime condition. And I wonder if he even is prime condition because he's been fighting this injury. And I wonder if his if he's gotten into his head a little bit with the way they've been using him, because even what like I said, even when he was healthy, he wasn't putting up great numbers. So I wonder if there's something going on, or, or if something will go on. Stop. But he didn't. He actually didn't make my top ten list. I I feel like he needs to prove something. Stop that! Stop that right now! Stop that! He, when his last good he season was 2017. 2018. 2018. When he was healthy, he was a, a I want to say, 1,100 to 1,300-yard rusher. What? Back in 2018. 2019, he was still a 1,000-yard rusher. And that, considering the fact that Giants' offense was basically him, his Danny Dimes is Danny Dimes, I, that's respectable. And then 2020, he gets injured. So... Let's let's calm down a bit. Let's let, let's not go too far here. He doesn't have a history of injuries. It's just that one. So hopefully, knock on wood, he'll bounce back and be the player he was before he before he got injured. I'm I'm not saying history of injuries, but I'm I'm saying an, uh, I'm saying a injury happened and it's a torn ACL. And that could take, you know, players coming back from a torn ACL, especially running backs, it, it takes some time for them to fully feel like themselves again. And this is time taken off the clock from this is time. This is a year of his career that could be wasted. Mm-hmm. And I just I just hope it doesn't affect him. Anyways, 
Uh, my number eight is David Montgomery. He made it to no. eight? Yes, he made it to eight. Um, and the reason for that is kind of like Jonathan Taylor, a player who's yeah. uh, who struggled in the beginning of this season and in past se- in and in past seasons. And he's re- he's a player who out of out of the gates during his NFL career, we all had very high expectations for him. And he's kind of he's been a little underwhelming. But down the stretch of this past season, he really turned it on. And I believe he ended this season with around uh, close to 1,500 uh, total scrimmage yards. So this is a t- this is a player who could be finally reaching his full potential as a complete sort of Kareem Hunt, Alvin Kamara type back, where he can do both and sort of play a huge role in this offense. He always had a very solid floor. He was always catching passes. He was always run. He was always rushing. He's getting touchdowns. He's do. He can do. He has the potential to do it all. And um, if if his pro- progression from last season, from the end of last season, continues, I see him being a top five. We could talk. We could have a realistic conversation about him being a top five running back going into the 2022 season, possibly. Mm-hmm. So I really like David Montgomery. He's a player who I've always wanted to play well, and I think he has the he and he showed he showed signs of it towards the end of last season. I see him doing it again. You're saying that because he when he was on my team he was doing well when you traded him. And I I traded him to you and I was right. You are. The, I said this guy's about to explode and he did. Yeah, he had this, my. I, I tell you, my running back court was amazing, but that's besides the point. Right, I because you got David Montgomery. Not just him, just it was Over. awesome. But besides that, David Montgomery, he didn't make my top ten. I like him, but I feel like they're about to handcuff him because they just drafted another running back. So if you're not careful, he could be handcuffed by the backup too. So, yeah, that's why he didn't make my list. I like him, but it's like. Do they really trust him as like the Bal Cal quarterback or Cal Bell quarterback? Running back. Yeah, running back. I believe when he- when he's healthy, and I believe he'll help uh, Justin Fields be the true number one quarterback of the team. But I believe he'll help any quarterback because he's a. I think he's a very good running back. Well, I'll t- well, I'll tell you what. This is a guy who. Uh, and you you mentioned that he they drafted Justin Fields. They they haven't had a quarter. They haven't had a very legitimate quarterback uh, in the past two seasons with David Montgomery. Now they do. So that's another thing to add on is that now they don't have such a one dimensional offense. They're not just stacking the box against David Montgomery. And it makes all of their wide receivers that they have the. Uh, the Allen Robinsons of the world, the Darnell Mooney's of the world, the Anthony Millers of the world, those players become a lot more relevant now to to uh, opposing defenses, and they have to respect the passing game more, and that opens up more lanes for David Montgomery. So this is so it just in a lot of different aspects, I really like David Montgomery going into the 2021 season. That's fine. Anyways, give me your number seven pick. This is a fan favorite from I, I've been a fan of his as a while. J.K. Dobbins. 
No, he, he didn't make my list. I don't have any Ravens Good. running back in my list. Surprising. My, my number seven guy. My number seven guy is Chris Carson. Chris Carson. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's a hard nosed runner. I, I I love the way he runs. He doesn't look to go out go out of bounds. He always look, he always looks for that extra extra hit. He's always looking to for people to force him out of bounds. And I oh man, I like the way he runs. He's always looking for extra yardage, always looking to fight for more. Just phenomenal. And if injuries don't hurt him, I hopefully he'll be still be a top ten running back, but I'm not sure he will be because of injuries. But if he remains the same, oh yes, he's a top ten running back. Because they do him no favors in Seattle. See, I've liked Chris Carson and he's always been an underrated running back in this league. Um, I just never saw him as a top 10 guy, probably just outside of maybe top 15. But at number seven, who I have is Ezekiel Elliott. So I have him a little higher than you. Um, so he's, he's struggled in the past cup, uh, this past year. I completely understand that. The only reason I, I give him the benefit of the doubt and think he's going to bounce back next season is because he was playing perfectly fine up until Dak Prescott got hurt. It was all business as usual for Ezekiel Elliott until Dak went down. All the wide receivers became ir- irrelevant. It became a one-dimensional offense where it was all just stacked boxes against Ezekiel Elliott, and things went downhill for him. And y- you were saying, uh, you were looking at Tony Pollard as a better running back at, at points because – and a mental aspect got there's a very real possibility this men, there's a mental aspect that played into it where it's like your team that seemed relevant before is now irrelevant and now this other player this kind of sort of a player who's just kind of always been battling for playoff t- for playing time where in a in a in a season where that's more where that's become what it's more about is more playing for playoff time rather than playing for the Super Bowl Mm-hmm. Tony Pollard was allowed to flourish. It didn't. That mental aspect didn't play, didn't affect him quite as much, but it affected Ezekiel Elliott more. And I think going into a fresh season, you have your quarterback healthy. Um, all the wide receivers become all of the the whole passing offense becomes relevant again. People will have team. Opposing defenses will have to respect the uh, to respect the run. Uh, sorry, respect the run. Respect the passing game, and it'll become a uh, it'll become a re- well-rounded offense again. And the numbers will return for Ezekiel Elliott. I don't think this this was so much on the player. It was more so on the situation. It was just a, a cruddy situation that he was a part of. Mm-hmm. I hope so, because he's the $50 million guaranteed man. What, six years, $90 million, $50 million guaranteed? He better step up. I can't be paying you like that if my second running back is playing better than you. Yeah, I agree. Who's your number six, then? My number six? Aaron Jones. Okay. 
I real I really thought he was top five, but then I looked at my top five and I was like, that might be tough. It might be tough. But top six is still a very good running back. And the reason I like Aaron Jones so much because he's a threat no matter where you put him in the slot, in the backfield. Just give him the ball in space and he's willing to make a play. And he's a very good slasher that can take the ball inside and out and can score from anywhere. Uh, my favorite play of his was against Detroit when he went for that long touchdown because he gave me like an uncertainly like 40-something points that year that day and basically won me fantasy that week I was, I was like yeah and he was like the records like record leader for our league at the time until Tyree Kill happened we don't talk about that uh, but yeah I believe he he is a big reason why Green Bay is successful as it is right now and hopefully Aaron Rodgers will play for them again and he'll have Aaron Jones will be another big reason why they'll go far in the playoffs Okay, so see, I have I have Aaron Jones a little higher, but I have Nick Chubb at number six. Mm. See, Nick Chubb, he's a great runner. He's shown tremendous speed. Um, the only and he he has everything that you need, uh, just rushing the ball. The issue is that he do, he shows a little. He's lacking um, in the pa- uh, pass catching. And I just think Nick Chubb is Nick Chubb is a player who um, he's able to rush the ball very well. And but yeah, I have Nick Chubb at number six. That's that's a nice spot for little Nick Chubb. I'm surprised you didn't put uh, Kareem Hunt in your list. Kareem Hunt, if he was in, if he was on a different team. If he was on a team as a bell cow back, he'd be on this list. So we're going to transition into our top five running backs in the National Football League going to the 2021 season. Um, so you're not going to want to miss this. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Fumble Ruski podcast. All right. It's the final countdown, the top five running backs going to the 2021 season. We have our top five coming right up. Justin, why don't you kick us off with your number five running back in the National Football League? It's surprising you said Nick Chubb was your number six guy because he's my number five guy. As much as it pains me to say, he is a load to deal with, and I am a Ravens fan, and I and it hurts me to say that a Cleveland Browns player is hard to deal with, but he is very hard to deal with. Pause. But, yeah, Nick, Nick Chubb is the obvious leading rusher of the Browns. And from his rookie season, you could tell he had potential. But from his second year on, you knew he was going to be a problem for NFL defenses. And now that he has Kareem Hunt by his side, he's only going to be more of a problem. So I believe he is a top five running back all by himself. But now that he is with Kareem Hunt, that duo, it might take away some carries. But he'll be effective when he has his carries late into the fourth. So, yeah, he's made it into my top five. So it's interesting that you have, Aaron, that you have Nick Chubb at your number five and Aaron Jones at number six because I have Aaron Jones at number five. Oh, oh. So the reason I have Aaron Jones at number five 
is and the reason I don't have him any higher is because of it is because he gets injured yeah. quite a bit. However, he ha- this is a this guy is a complete back. He can he can he has he can rush the ball very well and he can catch it. And he can just he he is exactly what Aaron Rodgers needed when he needed a rushing attack. This guy, he can run the ball, he can he can catch it and he can and he can score a touchdown pass. Sorry, uh, score touchdowns. This yeah. this guy's a complete back. The only thing that's holding him back from being a top three running back in this league is injuries. If he could figure out the injuries, then he'd be he'd be right up there with everybody else, with all the elites. But he is just he just makes my top five. I have Aaron Jones. It's it's tough. I want to put him high, but I just don't think he's as valuable as Nick Chubb is to like the Packers as Nick Chubb is to the Browns. Because as much as I love Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers is the one that makes that thing work. Nick Chubb makes that thing work for Baker Mayfield with Cleveland. That's the way I see it. That's the thing that's holding Aaron Jones. I mean, he's a great help for Aaron Rodgers, but I think it's more so Aaron Rodgers than it is Aaron Jones. Well, I mean, we've also seen that Aaron that Aaron Rodgers does, by himself doesn't always win doesn't always win games. Yeah. And back back during the 2018 season, they went what was it seven eight and one. Yeah. And they didn't have much of a running game. Then the emergence of Aaron Jones came along. There was a, the the Packers defense got better and they won 13 games and then they won 13 games the season after that. Yep. So there's something that needs to be said about a more well-rounded team rather than just the quarterback running the show. Of course, it's a quarterback driven league. Aaron Rodgers is what makes that team a contending team, mm-hmm. but you still need everything else. This isn't like the NBA where it's like you just need the star power and they just need to get along, and they're gonna they're and as long as that those two key components are there, then they're going to win games. They're gonna win championships. It's not like that in the in the NFL, and that's the only thing that's kind of keeping. Uh, that's that's the only difference between the NFL and the NBA, is and there's obviously players' careers last much are a lot shorter than the NBA's, uh, depending on the position. True. Sure. Like my number four guy is Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey. That's yeah. very, very low to have. No, it is Christian. not. I'm I really wish you would understand how like tough this position is. Like once you get into like top four, top five, it is very nitpicky, depending on how you value the running backs and what they and the style they do. He is I think it's pretty nitpicky. Towards the bottom of it, the top yeah, ten. It is. It's. A, I mean, it's a very, you can make a case for anything, but I mean, the top five. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it gets very like hard pause to pick out all the top five running backs in the league. Christian McCaffrey. The only reason he's four is because he took a step back from last year and he wasn't all the way healthy. He was well, like missing games. 
how did, how did he take a step back? I thought he I thought he in the games that he played that he was he played exactly he played. like he did last year. When he played, he, he didn't play all the time. I remember when we were. Doing, That's not the way he played. That's just injuries. Yeah, but when he was back, he still wasn't a hundred percent, and he still went injured again. I'm not sure which game it was, but I think he only played for a certain amount, and then he left. He played about four games last season, and he yeah. missed twelve. So I can't like, I can't do it. I can't put him above the other three because he only played four games. If he played a full slate of games. And he had similar numbers to last year. I'm like, okay, he's top two, if not one. Okay. Well, my number four is Derrick Henry. And the reason I have Derrick Henry at number four is Derrick Henry, as a runner, as a runner, is one of the best backs in the league. Such a north-south guy. He plows through players. You'll see all these pictures, all these videos all these clips going viral of him just stiff arming a player or plowing through guys he is electric as a runner he may not be quite that shifty but he's he has every bit of what it takes to be a running back in this league that man mm-hmm. is a running back he is a bulldozer mm-hmm. he will he is a holy crap as a rusher however his his passing get his his receiving game, which everybody seems to just forget about when it comes to Derrick Henry, is non-existent. Like, it's just not there. If you look at his his statistics, uh, catching the ball, he just doesn't do – he just doesn't catch passes for the team. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if there's just something – I – that's just that's what's holding me back from. He's obviously among the elite, just single-handedly based off that. But when it comes to out, when it comes to um, Derrick Henry, I just have him at number four. No, I can't. Four? No, he is not number. He is no. He is not. He's higher. I'll just give that away. He is higher, but he can't All be right. four. Just because he doesn't. Just because they don't choose him to catch the ball. No. Yeah. But give, give me your number three guy. I guess that's just how you value running. Uh, my number three guy is Alvin Kamara. The reason he's number three is because as much as I love him, he's not a thousand yard back. He just isn't. However, he will give me like 900 and 800 rushing and receiving. I can very much deal with that. He is amazing. Every time right. I play, he is just phenomenal. And that run, that screen pass he took all the way against the Packers, I don't know how he did it. I don't know. I still don't know how he did it. I'm like, he's just bouncing off the guys and just going through them like it's nothing. He has like contact balance or something. Like people just bounce off him. And then once he, and against the game against the Vikings on Christmas Day, the man had six touchdowns. I mean, what what are we doing with him? He's he's a scoring machine. If you give him an opportunity, he will score, whether it's running the ball or passing. I just the thing that holds him back is he's just not a thousand yard rusher, which is kind of important when you are a running back. But when you provide me more value than in the passing game than you do in the running game, and when you combine it, he's one of the better backs in the league. Can't complain about him. So I so I have 
I have Alvin Kamara at number three as well. I agree with you. He is a complete back, unlike Derrick Henry. And he can do he can do just about everything. The only thing that holds him back is that his rushing ability, while it's very good, it's not it's not elite. It's not the best of the best. He only get he I don't think does he have an a thousand a thousand yard rushing season? I don't think he does. No, so doesn't. he just like I feel like when you're if you're the best of the best, like number one, like the number one guy, you that's a requirement. You need that. So he he kind of has a bit of the the opposite issue of Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry as a rusher, he I mean he just got two thousand yards. Yeah, I was about to say. Mm, mm. However, Alvin Kamara is a complete back, and I just value that a lot to have a, a to have a running back who's able to do everything and not just be a one-dimensional. I'm just going to run the ball type of of running back. And that is exactly what Alvin Kamara is. His rushing ability could be better, a lot better, but I think as he's an all-around player and I love him as my number 3 back. But yeah. give me your number 2. All right. My number 2 guy was Dalvin Cook. Now I think I know who your number 1 guy is. It's obvious who my number 1 is, but my number two, Dalvin Cook well, my number two is Christian McCaffrey, so screw you. Why? Uh, <laughs> okay. Because Christian McCaffrey, when he was playing, I, I get it, he was injured, and this is a this is this is a bold this is a bold take putting him at number two. I get it, he had injuries, but in the games that he played, he didn't skip he didn't miss a beat. It was like it was like the 2019 Christian McCaffrey, where he was the number, where he was the, the undisputed number one running back in all of football. He was, he was just that great, and he just continued to play. He, he never missed a beat. So these were injuries that really didn't affect him quite, quite too much. And as long if he's if he's healthy next season, then he's gonna return to that same form and he's just he, you if you look at the guy he's actually pretty well he's built he takes care of himself he he has muscle on him he's quick and he can he has some speed to him and he can catch the ball complete back he's like Alvin Kamara except he can rush the ball much much better than him he can score touchdowns he was the focal point to that Panthers defense he was that defense but I mean, a, a little side note to that, um, and this more speaks to the way NFL offenses are run around the league. But it seemed that the it seems that the Panthers' offense r- ran a little bit, just a tick more efficiently without Christian McCaffrey. You just wonder if there's something that with that to run first offenses. And I've always had a, I've always had something against teams that center around the run rather than more balance but i have christian mccaffrey at number two and it's not close for me dalvin cook is number two and the only reason he's not one is because he has a problem with staying healthy had this man stay stays healthy he might be number one but since he has a problem staying healthy on the field he's stuck at number two that's tough 
I I don't have to say much about him. You already know about him since he was on your fantasy. See, I have Dalvin Cook number one, not because he was my no, he was my quarterback running back in fantasy football, and that him and Devonte Adams carried me from fantasy football. I love how we're just side yeah. getting sidetracked of fantasy football when it comes to running backs. That's such a typical running back conversation when it mm-hmm. comes to the NFL, where it just just talks just tells you how much how important running backs are in fantasy football. However, Dalvin Cook, I would talk about injuries. However, he stayed healthy all of last season. So I can't I just can't I can't hold the injuries against him because he figured it out this past season. Now, could he get hurt next season and he just winds up being right back where he was before? It's possible. But the season before that, the season before this one where he was healthy, he he didn't miss as many games as people thought. He only missed what, two games? Mm-hmm. That was about it. So he was still a he played a pretty long season, and I think people only give him give him crap about how he was how he was never healthy because he tore his ACL, and then he wasn't the same after that, and it seemed like it was just an extended recovery process um, from that torn ACL that he that he just didn't play well coming back from it, and it took him a little while longer. It was that during I'm I believe I'm talking about this that uh it was that 2018 season he started off the season he played very poorly but in the la- in the last what was it last 6 7 games he had what 500 scrimmage yards it was incredible it was absolutely incredible then that F- then that next season he just exploded mm-hmm. and then the season after that he was completely healthy I just can't I just I can't hold the injuries against him this season. But he's I'll hold it if it happens again, then I'll hold it against him next season. But he stayed healthy. So I'm just not going I'm not going to bother. I'm not going to doubt Dalvin Cook. He figured it out. So let's see if it let's see if this it stays this way. But Dalvin Cook, he has number 1 going into the 2021 season and he earned that. Okay, my number one guy is Derrick Henry. Let me tell you something. You know how offended I am? I am a Ravens fan, and I have to defend Derrick Henry. That's how mad I am about this. I don't like Derrick Henry. I respect him, but I don't like him. I don't like his teammates. I don't like that fan base. I don't like Tennessee just as a state. I don't like none of them. But he is number one. You can't tell me he rushed for 2,000 yards, and he doesn't get it. He doesn't get number one. I don't care what Dalvin Cook did. I don't care what Elvin Kamara did. I don't care what Christian McCaffrey did. That man ran for 2,000 yards. The, it's the beginning and the end of the conversation. He is number one. 114 receiving yards. In That's the whole tough. Season. I'm getting 2,000 yards. 2000 so number one. 200. Let his, his career high is 200. 206. Man. That's the amount of bones somebody has in a body, by the way. Yes. That's just a, just a quick anatomy if lesson. If I'm getting 2,000 yards, I don't care what you're giving me receiving-wise. I, I can put in a back that'll do that for me. Put in nickels or something. They're back up. But I, if I have him as my running back, I have no worries about injuries. He's a brick house. That stiff arm is dangerous. It should be banned. That thing is vicious. Um, 2,000 yards. You're telling me he's four. receiving yards. In 2018, he had 99. He didn't even break 100 for the season. 
that man will step on you to your face for saying these type of things that he's for. Uh, well, he, I, I wish he could do the same from the, from the receiving end, wouldn't you? He doesn't get those opportunities. He's too busy running for 2,000 yards. I don't care about none of What? I see plenty, put, put it into context. I've receiving. seen plenty of games where he's been stuffed, and they had they had no an- the Tennessee had no answer for it because they couldn't throw the ball to him. We wouldn't allow. We I get that. I understand that. He's had games where he's been stuck. He's also had games where he's had over 200 yards. I can't just fault him for that. I can't just hold it against him. You know what Derrick Henry is. The problem is, can you stop it? Most defenses cannot. My defense can, but most defenses cannot. It is what it is. You just have to figure out a way to stop him. And I'm sorry, some teams just can't stop him. That's why he's number one. Deal with it. He is number one. I'm not accepting... Dalvin Cook. I'm not accepting Christian McCaffrey. I'm not accepting Elvin Kamara for this. Game. Dalvin Cook is the number one running back headed into the 2021 season. My ass he is. Derrick Henry is number one. Dalvin Cook. That's not how you felt. That's not how you think Derrick Henry. But okay. I think I pronounced Dalvin Cook very right. You didn't very pronounce Derrick Henry correct. That's as the number one. It's Derrick Henry. I don't even want to hear about hear anything else. It's Derrick Henry. It's Dalvin Cook. In your opinion. It's factually Derrick Henry, but okay. It's factually Dalvin Cook, but okay. <laughs> no, it's not. Dalvin Cook got the rushing yards and the receiving yards, and he stayed healthy for a full season. That's tough. He still ain't over 2,000 yards. Okay. He was able to do everything. Not giving me 2,000 yards. Well, that's tough. I'd rather have 2,000 yards in a playoff appearance than, like, what, 1,900 yards and what, not make the playoffs? Well, you you also have to take into account Kirk Cousins. Yes. But. Yes. I, I consider Ryan Tanner and Kirk Cousins in the same league, like, around the same position, like, ranking. I don't think Kirk Cousins is as bad as people say. He had so Derrick Henry had 17 touchdowns in the 2021 in the 2020 season. Yeah. Delvin Cook had Delvin Cook had well also 17. So we're tied. And then he had nearly 16 1600 yards. He had. 361 receiving yards. He had 500 rece- he had 519 receiving yards in 2020. Uh, sorry, 2019. He can he can do this guy can do it all. That's he can tough. do it all. 2000. That's you're getting close. You're around the 1900 area. That's not 2000. Well, I I, th- I just I find it more valuable for a player to be able to be. For the running back to be an all-around back than to be able to do one just one thing. ball carriers in history to reach 2,000. You're just rubbing it to the side. I'm not rubbing it to the side. You put him fourth. That's the same thing. You didn't say he's second. You said he's fourth. You value Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey. He's, and a, he's an old-school back. I just I think that's, that's an outdated rushing style. Is, He's not better than Derrick Henry right now. The way so. has been paved for players like Christian McCaffrey 
and Dalvin Cook nowadays, who can do who can do both. Al, Derrick Henry, it's a cool feat to be able to run two thousand yards, but it's just not. It's just not. Teams just don't quite quite value it as much as anymore. Oh, they'll value to, once they to get be, the, they'll value once their defense gets stiff going until next week when he runs for two hundred yards and like two or three touchdowns. Well, the Colts have a, a couple thoughts to about that, don't they? Yeah, they do. They yeah. stopped. The Texans have a few things to say about that. Uh-huh. They allowed the 2,000 yards to happen. The Texans, them and their two wins last year? Yes, them. I even have to deal with that. He had 133 yards on us in a touchdown in overtime, and beat us in overtime. I was so pissed. All right. Well, we, have a, we have a clear disagreement, and why don't we agree to disagree here? We're going to have to. We're going we're to have to. We're going to have we'll, we'll talk about it during the season. About this, I mean, we'll we'll have to figure, we'll find out, won't we? Uh, whether or not, so. we'll find out. It's going to be Dalvin Cook. I'm telling you, going Dalvin to- Cook or Christian McCaffrey, who will be the yeah. number one guy. Watch it. Watch it be somebody else, like somebody at the bottom of our list, like Antonio Gibson, or like Josh Jacobs. All of a sudden, Josh Jacobs somehow makes somehow just emerges. Jonathan Taylor. Anyways, um, so we're going to. So we're going to step aside and uh, call it quits for this episode. However, in our next episode, we will be moving on to wide receivers and obviously going on, going, going over a little bit of the, um, a little, a a little bit of the uh, current news. Uh, Obviously during the summer, the news comes a little, is a little scarce when it comes to the NFL. Um, The following week we have quarterbacks, which will be our finale of our player rankings so exciting times coming for us mm-hmm. anyways that'll be it for us tonight thank you for listening to us make sure you subscribe to our youtube channel check us out on spotify and google play also be sure to follow our instagram at fumble underscore podcast to keep with our, up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the nfl otherwise we will see you next week over and out